If you are a person who didn't get the answer for most of the question about tourism, then this is a podcast for you. This episode is a discussion on topic relevant to today's world. So, stay connected for more and don't forget to increase the volume. Well, uh, hello everyone. My name is Diogo Ribeirinha. I'm a student in the Tourism MA at AAU. Uh, we're here today interviewing Inga Koglasen. Um, she's a senior change maker at the GDS uh, Index. It's a pleasure to have you here and uh, thank you for inviting us. Uh, and I hope we have been here a fantastic conversation. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. And it was uh, a pleasure <laughs> actually introducing you to sustainability work uh, and also to the company I work for, GDS, GDSM, uh, yeah. which is more than an index, it's also a movement mm-hmm. where we want to accelerate the agenda, the sustainability agenda, and uh, we talk a lot about sustainability, but we want to take it one step, step further and uh, actually go on to regeneration. So, mm-hmm. yeah, lots to talk about, and lots to think about, and it's all so difficult. But we, we try and, and help where possible. Of course. I don't know if you'd like to present yourselves as well. Okay, uh, I am Senya, and I'm also a student for tourism master degree in AAU. Okay, my name is uh, Atumba Vitalis and uh, I'm also a student at uh, AAU, uh, currently studying a uh, master's in uh, international tourism. And uh, we are here today to talk to you about uh, sustainability and green uh, greenwashing yeah. in, uh, in the world and maybe particularly Denmark as a country or Orbok as a city. So. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I want to think of a, a um, local case. Uh, <laughs> I was on a much broader. Greenwashing actually uh, originates from our industry uh, and it started many years ago and it was a hotel year that um, used the excuse of the environment to protect the environment uh, by not washing when you were a guest at his hotel your um, linen and um, towels every day Uh, but it turned out it was not for the environmental sake it was actually economic reasons that he saved a lot of money um, from the house uh, cleaning team uh, hours and resources water that has later become the term that you use for exaggeration of your initiatives is the best way of uh, describing it. And actually, there's a lot of greenwashing in the world, not just in tourism industry, but in the whole sustainability uh, agenda. It is as if what you do is not enough. You have to exaggerate what you do and uh, pick pick out just one little aspect of it and make it a bigger issue than it actually is. Um, don't you think that um, uh, greenwashing or we, we can take it may, maybe to uh, uh, other things in in our life, not only um, even about sustainability, but even about other things? Uh, for example, I remember the tobacco industry, alcohol industry, how those industries actually made us think in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, 
that they were good for our health, and then they even went to court about it. Do you think that in sustainability, we are going to have the same issues in the future uh, and, and today? Actually, already now, there's initiatives uh, worldwide where uh, climate uh, fighters, they want to ban adverts on trembling. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's actually happening, and, and it's happening fast, that they want the same um, bans on, that, that we have on the, uh, tobacco and alcohol. They want that, the, the same bans mm-hmm. on the, the travel and, and tourism. Uh, the other side of the um, greenwashing is actually what we call greenwashing, and that's when you don't communicate, and that's as bad as greenwashing. So, yeah. so, so you need to find the the factor, you know, the the actual um, initiatives that you do instead of you very much talking about the PR, uh, the comms people of the uh, company, you know. Yeah. Uh, bringing the agenda and uh, trying to exaggerate. It's, it's part of the marketing, uh, the, uh, marketing mix, isn't it? That you try yeah. and... Um, Sell a product in uh, yeah. over-exaggerated yes. ways and... Yeah, exactly. Not caring about anything. Exactly. In, in Denmark, the Ombudsman has brought out a guide to, um, to uh, good sustain, uh, sustainable communication where he's actually saying that, you know, you have to communicate, but you need uh, an LCA or a third party certification if you want to boast about, boost about, uh, boast about your um, initiatives. You can, you can easily write on your website, in the terms of sustainability, we have done this, that and the other. But if you want to make claims that we are sustainable, then you need somebody else to have set, prove to to prove that that is true, and you get that by having an LCA that where you compare two two equal products, or two equal stays, two equal meetings, and then you can claim we are more sustainable than this other product. Okay. But you need to. Uh, you cannot just say we're more sustainable than. Sweden, for instance, uh, or we're more sustainable than the next hotel. Um, so you need uh, either an LCA or a certification. And a certification is not, there's some industries that have their own certifications where they say that uh, in our industry, this is sustainable. That's not enough. You need a third party and, um, and not associated with the industry uh, to to um, and that's why certification in Denmark is actually huge compared to other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the um, TDS that our TDSM uh, where I work, we have an index where every year we rank seventy. It will be hundred uh, destinations, I think, yeah. next year against each other. And we can see that the certification is close to 80-90% in Denmark uh, and Scandinavia, whereas in other countries it's much lower. That's because in in Denmark, if you want to be part of the procurement of the national uh, offices, uh, then you have to have a certification. So purely from procurement, and if you want to be on that list where if a... (laughs) 
office want to go uh, for a conference or a meeting, then they need to choose a um, certified venue or a hotel. So that is yeah. why procurement actually uh, drives a lot of, of our work in Denmark. But in terms of, um, we're quite lucky in Denmark because we have like Horesta, uh, uh, who drives the certification Green Key. Green Key originated in Denmark. Uh, Green Key is very much known for hotel certification. Mm -hmm. There's many, many certifications in the world. But the easiest way to judge uh, and avoid greenwashing is, you know, look for certifications. Of course. However, having said that, having a certification doesn't mean that you are sustainable. Okay. It just means that you have procedures and that you have been through a number of initiatives uh, and, you know, a third party have said, okay, you now live up to these requirements and you have a plan of action to reduce your water and your energy and you have a social profile that you employ um, people from outside of the workforce or that you have good um, uh, your your uh, employees actually have a good workplace. So this is that lots of uh, there's because a lot of these um, certifications only measure environmental, but others like Green Key they also measure the social aspects. Mm -hmm. And obviously, in terms of sustainability, uh, we have very very much focus on the environment, and that's why it started. But these days we have the three bottom lines and we have the economic, we have the uh, social and we have the environment, people, planet and profit. Uh, in, we use those terms in the tourism industry. Yeah. So, so we need to, it's actually a whole, you cannot be sustainable if you only say water. So, you, you so actually, it's a balance between everything. Balance, yeah. And a lot of the um, certifications, they only measure one thing, but, but the, the, um, the trend is that we're looking at the whole and looking for certifications that actually include the, the social aspects as well. Okay. Um, I actually have uh, another question. Uh, since you were talking about uh, companies and their certifications, and, uh, but, um, and you said a very interesting thing, is that we can't really... Uh, say that they are sustainable only because they have those certifications. Um, and why do you think uh, that companies spend so much money on advertising that they are sustainable, that they are this and that? And why don't they just go for the practices? Uh, maybe it's because it's more expensive, maybe because... It, yeah. A very, very good question. And I don't understand that because... Uh, but I think it is... Uh, you know the marketing people of uh, of thinking and uh, branding and uh, so and there's a huge um, attention and they are all fighting for the customers and the clients and the employees of the future and of now and uh, so you know making this claim the same as the Paco, you were cool if you were smoking yeah. you know now you're cool if you work with sustainability um and i i actually like when uh, like the ombudsman when he let, uh, make legislation uh, you know because it makes it easier 
for the country to, to abide by this and have a focus on it. And it also makes it easier for the consumer to address this and think about it. But having said that, the whole sustainability agenda is so difficult to navigate because I saw an example the other day. What is more sustainable in tons of CO2? Cannot remember the number of avocados from South America compared to a Danish bread steak. And actually, it was the avocados from South America. Were more... Uh, that was more sustainable. Really? To, yes. That's and surprising. It, yes, exactly. And that's what I mean. It's very, very difficult for the everyday consumer to actually um, find the knowledge and, and compare. Because... How do you compare? It, it's um, and and what do you compare? We're so focused on price, <laughs> the time. of course. <laughs> and then we've heard about avocados and being water intensive and coming from South America. In terms of CO two, and the most sustainable solution is actually tomato from the country where that product is in season, because okay. the transport of the product is not as heavy as the Production, all the waste. Yeah. So, so, and, and that's what becomes very, very difficult because how do you measure this and who measure it? And, you know, the whole communication of it and understanding. And then if we go back to our own industry, the tourism, if we only measure the footprint, you know, the CO2 of flying to Sri Lanka for a holiday, then we will never be able to, to you know, to fly again. But if we look at the nature of tourism, the interaction between cultures and the dollars we help, and you know, then suddenly it's not quite as as bad for the environment. Uh, yes, for the environment is bad, but culture-wise and socially, uh, and, and socially, and we can actually help uh, other countries uh, perhaps understand um, about equality for women and Gender. other aspects that could be in that problem area. Uh, and exactly what what we're thinking for sure is that uh, traveling can, of course, help us to understand other cultures, to understand how other countries um, countries behave or um, even why other people are not traveling. Do they have conditions to travel? Uh, I don't know if they, they have the curiosity to travel. So I, I think that um, travel, traveling, it's mandatory in our world right. but we have to find the solutions yes. to make it more at least bearable yes. <laughs> for the for the earth yeah. i don't know if you guys as well think the same yeah. yeah but traveling is mandatory right but if you look at it we cannot really avoid this carbon emission we cannot really avoid the co2 if we keep using planes or this Engine yes. boards or yeah. things like that, so it's really, really difficult to to just put an end in this uh, plane thing. Yeah. Uh, for example, we have um, Ryan in 2020. Ryan said, um, 
that they're selling cheaper flights because they're uh, the lowest uh, CO2 uh, emission uh, company in Europe. And uh, and the traveling and the traveling body in Europe slammed them down like that's bullshit because I mean you cannot really say that uh, you guys are the lowest uh, mm -hmm. CO two emission yeah. uh, airline. That's actually impossible. Impossible. Uh, yeah. Exactly. The the plane is the same. It's a yeah. Boeing. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the same. That's exactly, and that's why it becomes uh, difficult to understand. Um, I saw another, uh, and I'm, I haven't looked into this, uh, and I keep. I, I saw a um, measurement of an event recently, where the event, uh, it was an exhibition, for our industry, and it was for it was for the west of Denmark, so it was from Japan, and yes, they had introduced uh, you could actually uh, come by bus. Uh, so you didn't have to drive yourself if you were part of the industry. And they had measured, and I don't know what they had measured, but they had come up with, it's, it's exactly the same as Ryanair. They've come up with that that event scored 8 point, I think it was 8.4 on a name, 9 point scalar. And the 9 was top. Yeah. And they... What they said was that by attending this event, you spent less CO2 than staying at home. What? Uh, and how is that even possible? How it's impossible. Possible? <laughs> you, use, you use the car to go there, you use the bus to go there. So how you... Uh, even if you go by horse, horse you'll spend more money. you go by land, by food. Yeah. I, I don't know whether it's greenwashing. And I'm, I'm really interested to get somebody to look at this example. Because is this okay to, to compare attending an event with staying, staying at, home? at home? Of course. Of course, it's... I, I I would think it's greenwashing. I don't know because it's like it, it's a um, it's actually a, a um, certification um, body that does a lot of work in the industry, mm -hmm. and I am really uh, looking into it because to me it's sort of mm, doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And that's with me working in the industry and uh, trying to you know <laughs> make good recommendations. So what is this based upon? Um, there was another, um, you mentioned Ryanair, uh, and, and also Lee. I don't think at this stage we can never make uh, travel and tourism sustainable, but we can make sustainable choices. So that means, and actually, the differences we make as an individual will not compare to innovation. So the big, big differences is when we get the green fuel and the electric flights and all the rest of it. So we have to rely on innovation yeah. if we want to get any, anywhere. Because me choosing not to travel for a holiday will not change the big picture. No. But it changes my mindset and perhaps I will... You said it's, it's mandatory, it's life quality for me to travel. Of course. But I might not travel far uh, every year. I might do it every five years. 
I might take the train and travel in Europe. I might, uh, the COVID has shown that we actually have a fantastic country. Mm. We might not need to go abroad every year. Uh, we might be able to, to find. Mm -hmm. And also knowing our own history and our own uh, nationality will actually help accelerate, I think, as well, the agenda. Um, and I think we had a big opportunity to actually do that um, with Corona, uh, with trying to explore our own countries yeah. because we were kept at home, so we couldn't travel abroad, the borders were closed. And um, from where I'm from, in Portugal, for example, many people started to visit Portuguese uh, cities uh, yeah. port instead of going to only Algarve, which is yeah. the destination for yeah. sunshine and uh, the sea and everything. People started to go to the interior of the country, started to go to the wine regions, started to go to rural areas. So yeah, it's, uh, it was a big opportunity, I think. But at the same time, I think that now that Corona is being surpassed, people are going back to the old yes. habits. Yes. Uh, so the sustainability that we might have got and that mindset that we might have got on that time mm -hmm. is getting loss again. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's uh, kind of an ambiguous feeling and thought. But, but what really illustrates the importance of this is that we all thought during, especially during 2020, me and everybody else, we thought, oh my God, we're not traveling. That will make such a huge difference to the CO2 level. And it changed so little. It changed so little. It changed so little. Uh, Bill Gates has the number in his uh, in, in his book, and it's amazing because uh, travel accounts for eight percent of the world CO two, and yet not traveling, only say one percent. I cannot remember the number, but it, it was not eight percent. Uh, so, yeah, but a lot of what is happening uh, now in the industry is that. Um, we we talk an awful lot about heads in beds and measure success and how many tourists was that come to a destination. In the future, we'll start looking at that, uh, but we'll also start looking at okay, who spends the most compared to the least CO two that they emit by getting to the destination. So, so that would become important. So instead of um, Denmark perhaps trying to get Americans here, we might look even more at the uh, European countries and especially there's lots of new train uh, coming, uh, mm -hmm. in, in, especially in Germany. So perhaps looking at Italians, the French, uh, and try and get them here because they can uh, arrive by train. Not that I know whether Italians and French have a tradition of traveling by train. No. Uh, <laughs> but no. also we, we need to hugely look at the nature of our industry. We cannot just focus on the negative aspect. We have to create measurements for these impacts that how do we measure the meeting between people. Yeah. How do we, if we want to fly 13,000 people into Milan for a conference, what change does that make, not just to Milan? Well, 13,000 people times four days times X number of, uh, that makes a hell of a difference to their destination's uh, success of that year. But for that organization, what impact and legacy can they leave behind?
And by creating an event where the event had a focus on waste, and there was a lot of, again, the marketing people had been really good at communicating this. And the impact of that event was, it was then a, a conference about uh, cataracts, eye cataract. And actually that's the second most performed operation in the world. And whenever they perform that operation, the uh, equipment they need has a lot of waste associated with plastic and stuff like that. So by focusing on the waste and trying to re reduce that, then they are creating an impact in the world by you know focusing on that and making some uh, KPIs and measurements mm -hmm. that, okay, we want to, in our industry, we want to reduce the um, waste associated with our operations and uh, bring it down by so much. So, so that's the sort of things, we, but at the moment we don't have the measurement tools. Everything we do is measured in either <laughs> tons of CO2 or in monetary terms. Yeah. So, so we need to st somehow, you know, be start to get the the i don't know the references to measure it more more properly or at least yeah. uh, to quantify how sustainable we're being or yeah the pollution that we're making i don't know exactly because... and, and we need to do that without exaggeration and without the greenwashing our industry it, it, it it's it sometimes seem as if by making this uh, in, handprint impact that is a way of greenwashing. Uh, but but this is actually trying to, to make it factual and, and you know, compare, you can compare it to others. Um, and the impact, uh, the event tools these days, they sort of look at, you know, how far are people traveling and, you know, um, the flying in that speaker from America, how, how much does that co cost in the CO2 measurements? Mm -hmm. um, but we need to start looking at the, um, the handprints of, of our industry. Um, but, but we all exaggerating our importance and, uh, you know, by hosting your event uh, where there's uh, where you can tr travel by train, you know, that's more sustainable and that's what we bring out. But it is very, very difficult. Um, and we still don't have the proper lines to do that no. train traveling still. No. So uh, we need the infrastructures to, to do so. Yeah. Um, but, but, but we have the digital. So why yeah. are we not, you know, all sitting at home, you know, attending conferences? And that's because we all know that meeting face to face creates creates trust. Yes, and the engagement is a lot yes. better. I think yeah. Uh, yeah. in a Zoom call we can be like, "Oh, we're in bed," and uh, yeah. <laughs> the there is the there is the, the the speaker just saying what he has to say or what she has to say, and. We're there just maybe yeah. listening, maybe not. Yeah. That's what happened during the pandemic lots of times, yeah. I think. Uh, I was doing my bachelor during that time and it, it was a terrible experience. I prefer to be in the classroom. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. that's the thing I prefer. But, but actually, greenwashing our in, own industry, we are saying, actually, we know why the meetings are face-to-face. Besides that, it actually creates trust and all the rest of it. And we're all fed up being at home and we need to meet. But actually, the associations are lacking money. 
So, you know, so it's also a money business. So that's sort of greenwashing as well, isn't it? You know, we know that the impact of staying at home on that Zoom call would actually probably be the best in terms of CO2. Yes, well, we would only need the power to yeah. for the internet and the computers, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And not forgetting that the internet actually also have an impact uh, or a, a footprint that costs CO2, and it's actually heavier than anybody thinks it is, but we forget that one. But it will still be cheaper in terms of CO2 to stay at home and, and watch that four days conference or create local hubs where, for instance, Europe meet in Amsterdam and uh, Americas meet in New York and then you have the hubs, then you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. So um yeah, we could it could be a hybrid type of of meeting uh when we're talking about these types of conferences. Yeah. And uh, we have this question. Um how can we really spot the difference between a company that is greenwashing and a company that is not greenwashing because nowadays almost 99% of all companies are into greenwashing. Yeah. So do we really have a difference between who is greenwashing and who is not greenwashing? It's very difficult. Right. It's really, really difficult. One thing, um, look for certification. <laughs> and especially if they are out claiming something, you know, then it needs to be backed up by a certification or an LCA. That if they say we are more sustainable or we are the most sustainable, then look at their website and say, more susta most sustainable in terms of what and uh, against whom you know uh, who have yeah. they measured themselves against um, but it, it requires uh, <laughs> a lot of knowledge from the consumer themselves and a lot of um, well, a lot of a, a lot of people lot of don't, don't want don't have that type of information exactly, and, yeah right. but also you know you might measure one thing as I said, you know, there was, uh, again, not from my own industry, it's because, because it's been difficult, but the um, Ala, the uh, uh, dairy uh, giant, mm -hmm. Ala, yeah. they said that their milk was more sustainable after they removed the uh, plastic lid from their cartons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's so difficult. So you can actually um, try and keep update uh, who's in the media and look out for them. Uh, you can also look at, is there a certification um, next to this? Having said that, um, I, I work um, for LGDSM, but I also work for myself as a consultant and I do a lot of certifications, Green Key and B Corp. And uh, recently, uh, the B Corporation certification has, be, has been the certification and considered the most uh, sustainable uh, and responsible certification in the world. Uh, uh, worldwide, there's about 7,000 companies uh, certified with this one. And recently, Nespresso became certified with this uh, uh, B Corp. And to a lot of people, Nestle <laughs> and Nespresso, how can they be considered right. sustainable? Yeah, they're the highest uh, CO2 emission 
providers in the world. Yeah, because I was, I was thinking exactly yeah. that because yeah. like they they have mass production of yes. a lot of machineries, yeah. a lot of machineries, a lot of plastic, yeah. a lot yeah. of whatever. Yeah. Actually, the Nespresso capsules are made of aluminium. Oh yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. They are. Yeah. And in the beginning, the, they were made out of plastic, I think, right. but now they changed it to aluminium a long time ago. Uh, right? uh, yeah. And aluminium is actually one of the things that can be reused forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as long as I have the um, reuse uh, programs, and actually I've seen uh, containers of capsules, but that makes you having to yourself you know, collect them and uh, send them to the company uh, for recirculation. But, you know, but what it, what that certification, it doesn't me- me- measure, are you sustainable? It measures a lot of um, 250 criteria where you have to write in how do you, your company uh, act in these situations. Mm-hmm. And that is why Nespresso became a B Corps. So... But yeah. yeah, so it's very, very difficult and not many people know this. It just measures something and, it, you know, so that is why if you look at a certification, you can be sure that that company and please, uh, you know, go f- through to the main certification and, and find uh, and discover what do they actually certify. You know, and and is it a certification to do with, because uh, take a hotel, you can be certified with Green Key, uh, B Corps, Le Swan, several other certifications. But your building, the building itself can also be certified DKNB, that's for the, uh, for sustainable building. Okay. And if you claim as, as a hotel, we are sustainable. But it might be the building that is, you know, built uh, through, uh, in accordance with the regulation. But it doesn't mean that the operations it's of the hotel is sustainable. Right, yeah. So it might be that they've got um, solar power or that they have reduced water by having a, a two-flush toilet. But if the operation is not sustainable, does it matter? But they can claim as well as a Green Key Hotel, we're certified. Of course, and what they want more is the clients. They want the guests. Right. Yeah. They want, yeah. So they. Yeah. So, so what is actually important in the industry, that is we ourselves need to know what do these uh, certification cover. And um, for the index, up to now, we have actually um, accepted any third party uh, certification. This year, we we said that any certification need to be more than just environment, and that's actually uh, reduced that uh, we could not accept the Swan uh, certifications, which in Scandinavia is considered one of the strongest environmental certifications. Yeah. Uh, but it's only focused on the environment. And and to us in our movement, we want and especially because we are a people movement or people industry, we create the tourism creates so many social, uh, positive, 
uh, aspects of the country, you know, you know, women in employment, uh, education uh, for for people is and that social aspect of of, uh, of tourism. And counters uh, cultural exchanges. Exactly, so many that and and uh, ru uh, rural areas, and uh, yeah. So there's so many social aspects of tourism that's positive, and that's why we've said, okay, the certifications we will accept has to look at more than just how much water do you say mm -hmm. by having introduced this. Uh, action plan of uh, how to you know ex uh, put a. Um, a, a, a counter on the showers, for instance, in the bathrooms and saving water. Keep following us and remain connected for the next episode.